Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and that dude on the other side of the screen is my brother, Dusty Dust. I can already guess from the movie Commando, 1985's Commando, your favorite scene is the gun shopping scene at the surplus store. Am I right? What? You are 100% spot on. In fact, it's that one coupled with, and you got to fast forward just a little bit to where he's actually suiting up. He, you know, obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Speedo looks phenomenal, <laughs> but he's rowing. And he gets there, and then he's like that quick, yeah, it's not really a montage, but it's like a quick clip, to, and he's putting everything together. And as you can see, Sky, for everybody watching this, if you go to the watchandlearnpodcast.com, watchandlearnpodcast.com forward slash YouTube, you can see I have a 1911, one of my favorite guns. Um, it's a Springfield 1911. Absolutely love this gun, but it only has, do you remember John Wick? Uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was like number three. But there's only seven rounds. So you only get seven rounds, and it's definitely not loaded. Any gun I don't actually have it loaded but here's the magazine there's bullets in the magazine but long story short it is a phenomenal gun it shoots so well but it was started like made back in 1911 like literally 1911 but that's why they called it but anyways so you get so many fun amazing things and this is the movie that really got me so into firearms and bazookas like four four quadrant bazookas and all that sort of stuff (laughs) i loved Love watching it again. How about you? I absolutely loved it as well. Um, you just showed us that gun. You said it fires really well. What does it fire best at? Uh, cans, uh, uh, ducks, or perps? Perps. Oh, good. Always it fires best at perps. Yeah. And as you can see, the bullets, I'm going to pull out one of the bullets. So the bullets are 45 caliber. And what I usually have is a hollow point. So the hollow point, it definitely doesn't keep going. You know, a regular full metal jacket will keep going and might hit something behind it, which you don't want if you're, you know, defending your house. But anyways, these full, uh, sorry, hollow points, what they do is they expand. They expand once they hit something and they don't keep going, but they do a lot of damage on a bad guy that tries to hurt my family. For sure, for sure. As much damage as a uh, saw blade? Uh, not as much. Oh. Those things are phenomenal. But, you know, this type of gun, just like Commando, I can literally put it to my hip and just shoot everybody. And everybody gets hit. No bullets go anywhere else but in the bad guy. It's it's so awesome with this gun. It's just the gun. It's not me. It's the gun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love that he took on <laughs> single-handedly with some awesome weapons, took on an entire army of dudes, took them all out. He didn't even get one bullet shot until the very end. He got he got a little beat up when a grenade went off near him, went flying through the air and crash landed, but that's it. He crash landed once, everything else unscathed from a, an army of bad guys. Literally unscathed. Now, this is the epitome of the 80s uh, shoot 'em up movies. Not like like cowboy westerns. No, this is totally different. This is the movies. Oh, the movie Expendables. This is all, Expendables is kind of like the 2000 or 2010 teens, whatever, version of Commando, where I remember one of the Expendables, they're literally on a zip line. They're, they're literally flying through the air on a zip line, and the people are on the ground, the bad guys are on the ground trying to shoot them. And they're zipping through the air and they're spinning and not even like any stabilization. And they're hitting all of them like perfect. It's so hilarious because it's literally never going to be like that. But man, this movie is so much fun to watch because it brought back to history and like, like nostalgia. On top of that, it was rather enjoyable. Like me now having daughters, I'm like, oh, dude, I, I would hope to be able to do something as amazing like that. 
to help save my daughters. For sure, for sure. This is it's it's a great save your daughter movie. Um, uh, uh, what was the one with Liam Neeson? Taken, Taken. almost as yes. good as this. I mean, he does beat up a ton of guys kill a ton of guys without taking any damage himself there too but this is like you said the epitome of 80s action movies absolutely loved it um i i'll tell you right now i gave it an a plus again i had so much fun rewatching it i watched it with dalen we laughed we didn't cry but we got excited <laughs> like we enjoyed everything but i will say even though i give it an a plus there's one aspect that i thoroughly i didn't realize it younger watching this but now i absolutely do not like it bennett is a pudgy, not scary, <laughs> not a worthy adversary for Arnold Schwarzenegger. As a kid, like, he has a good look, right? And he looks crazy mustache and just the face and facial expressions and stuff. But he, you can't, you cannot pit him up against Arnold Schwarzenegger and be, and expect to have Arnold to have any kind of trouble with it whatsoever. And he talks really, he whispers, which makes him even more mean, even more scary. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. But I thought the exact same thing. He has what you would call, and this is a term apparently, a dad bod. He has a dad bod. Like it's literally, his body (laughs) is like, yeah, it's like rotund and his arms are just really shriveled and like there's no meat on them, no bones or sorry, no muscles whatsoever all throughout his body. And you look at him, he looks pudgy. And I like the term uh, father figure, like being buff. But no, he definitely has a dad bod. That's not a father figure. That's a dad bod. But he looked horrible. compared. Literally standing next to Arnold Schwarzenegger with his shirt off, looking just as jacked as ever. This is like the top of, I'm going to say the top of his career as he's taken off. But looking phenomenal. And then you have this other guy. Oh my goodness. So, so disappointing. It was for sure. Now you just mentioned dad bod and that reminded me of a dad joke we heard, you know, back in the day when this movie come out, movie came out, we didn't, nobody used the term dad joke. That was never around, you know, but in the beginning when Arnold Schwarzenegger was looking at the people magazine or whatever and said, boy, George, why don't they call him just girl George and, and save the confusion. And that was a total dad joke. I loved it when I heard that. I, I did not remember that that joke was in the movie. Same thing as like, um, uh, what'd you do with Sully? I let him go. Or let off some steam. Yep. And it, <laughs> I yeah. was like, so I, this movie made me realize that every single movie that's ever made from now on should have a montage. Just like in Team America, this montage was so phenomenal. It made me understand everything about the movie and brought it all to a nice bow and brought it home Mm -hmm. so what do you think about these montages this is like 80s montages now we never get a montage anymore yeah not as often as we should i do love the montage the father-daughter uh just relationship scene i love that in the very beginning you see how much he cares for his daughter and i like the fact that they never even bother mentioning a mother i mean she's who knows where she is she maybe died maybe left him a long time ago tired of his warrior ways and always leaving home you know but that was a great montage at the very beginning father and daughter it, it kind of reminds me of like back in the 80s, you had good music and good movies. And obviously good movies have good montages. Back in the 80s, good music had good heavy, not heavy metal, but like riffs. Good rock riff. and roll like, and riffs. Yeah. Like Thin Lizzy was, if you guys listen to this, <laughs> go look up and listen to Thin Lizzy. Some super phenomenal licks that they just, boo, 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 boo. it sounds awesome. Yep. We don't have any montages in movies. We don't have good licks anymore in music, but. 
oh, well, we got to relive it back in the 80s, watch our old movies. Yeah. And this movie, like you said, it's the epitome. Not only do you have everything that we've already mentioned, but you've also got bad guys with a really terrible plan. I mean, it, it goes into my first lesson. So I'll, I'll cover the first lesson in just a little bit. But why are you trying to utilize this one dude that's the best warrior ever? Why are you trying to convince him or not convince him, force him to do your dirty work? If you're willing to kill the president, just send a platoon of guys in yourself. I know that this president of Valverde trusts Matrix, but come on, you know that he's going to do whatever he can to kill you and your men. You're just waking up a sleeping dog and it's just a stupid play. But it makes for a great movie, you know. It sure does. And that was my Monday morning quarterback is do not involve in your nefarious schemes the most ruthless, cutthroatingest, killingest person and his daughter who he absolutely loves. Do not involve them. Like, leave them alone to say, oh, as long as you're far away from me, I'm off your radar. I'm good to go over here. Yeah. For sure. What a terrible play. Uh, my Monday morning quarterback was when the police arrested him at the Galleria Mall. They just kind of marched him into the back of the truck. No police escort, no handcuffs, no leg cuffs on him. This guy just took out 20 security guards, flew through the Atlanta thing, grabbed a gigantic uh, 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 phone booth and tipped it over. I mean, this guy is the epitome of dangerous. Come on, guys. They screwed up there. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. And you have the the mall cops trying to take him out, but he's literally manhandling him. Now, that balloon that he rips apart and swings on was the strongest balloon ever. But <laughs> Arnold has to be at least, what, 230, 240, all muscle to be able to swing like that? Wowie, wow, wow. That was phenomenal. I've been looking every single time I go to, for a mall, to a mall, I look for that. <laughs> look and I have not found it yet, but... Oh, well, yep. I'm still looking. Yep. You know, what's funny. My son, I was watching it with Dalen and he said, oh, he must have been uh, wearing some kind of a harness there to make that work. And and yeah, that's true. Sometimes when I see these awesome stunts, something goes in the back of my mind like, oh, how did they do that? And my guess is they had like a super strong wire looking like he was holding it, but it went down to a harness with a balloon wrapped around it, which in my son just automatically, he's only 10 years old, but he's already thinking like, how did they do that? That was an awesome stunt. And, and I think that was out of all like the stunts in the movie, the falls, the trips, the blowing up and stuff. I really enjoyed that because it looks so awesome. He swung like 80 feet in the air, let go, landed on the, uh, on the roof of the elevator. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Super awesome. And also, I mean, thinking of how amazing Arnold Schwarzenegger is, or actually Matrix, he breaks a padlock with his bare hands. Wow, how phenomenal is this guy? And these bad guys are bringing in somebody that can break a padlock with his bare hands into the nefarious scheme. Yeah. This is just a recipe for a disaster. But you know what the most unbelievable thing in the entire movie? He breaks the padlock. And Cindy, or Ray Dong Chong, just kind of like, uh-huh, if I saw that, I'd be freaking out. Oh, my God. You're the strongest dude ever. That's the now, most is, unrealistic thing in the movie. Now, there is one thing that I would say, even though as awesome as Matrix is, how buff and killing us and everything, he does not do as good of a job as Ace Ventura, who catches bullets with his bare teeth. Now, that <laughs> That's true. is skill. That's how, that, that is, is amazing. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, he's magical at Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, where's my Asta La Vista baby? Where's my Asta La Vista baby? I need my Asta La Vista baby. Do you remember what movie that was from? Um, uh, oh, come uh, on. Bowfinger? Yes. Oh, you introduced woo! me to this movie. You better remember it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bowfinger. And that 
that is such an underrated movie, just like I really, really enjoy, enjoyed and love watching Death to Smoochie. That's Edward Norton and uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams yeah. Those are that and what I um, uh, Bowfinger are underrated. They're so funny. We might have to cover those. Those are really, really good. But yeah, so I, it, it brings back all the memories of all these catchphrases like hasta la vista, baby, or I'll be back. And so he brings it back because he does Terminator. And then now he's doing Commando and he says, I'll be back. So he has to bring it in. Everybody in the movie theater is like, yeah, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need a catchphrase. Sky, what is your catchphrase? Oh, man. My uh, I'd have to I uh, my brain's not working right now. <laughs> That's my catchphrase. <laughs> I can't. Think of it. <laughs> my I can't brain's think of it. not. I can't think right now. <laughs> Uh, I, my, probably my catchphrase, my kids will probably come up with catchphrases that I would say, but usually it's like, let's go, or, uh, let's, let's do this or let's go or something like that. Cause like everybody get in the car, let's go. <laughs> That's my catchphrase. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, in my podcast, uh, I say gambate before I launch into every podcast, uh, you know, poker strategy stuff. And my audience knows me for saying that. So maybe that's kind of a catchphrase. And gambate wait, wait, is so just a, what is it again? Gambate. It's a Japanese way of saying, let's go, let's do it, do our best, let's work hard, all kind of wrapped into one. Gambate. Yep. Gambate. Very cool. Yep. Gambate. Uh, yeah. Gambate. Gambate. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Yep. So in this movie, I was so shocked and so underutilized. This one actor, so underutilized. I was looking at like, my goodness, he could have been the bad guy, uh, Bennett. He could have been Bennett. Do you know who I'm talking about? Probably Sully. No. Bill Duke. Bill. Bill Paxton. Oh, <laughs> Bill Paxton was in the movie. I love Bill Paxton. He was. He was Chet. Yep. Weird science. I mean, how could you not have Bill Paxton be such a bigger part of this movie? I was so bummed out. But I remember yeah. I was like, oh, hey, there's Bill Paxton. I'm writing down right now two movies, Weird Science and True Lies. Because uh, Bill Paxton has works with, worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger a few times. And maybe his best role in a Schwarzenegger movie is True Lies. And I think that would be a really fun one to talk about that one day. That would. He was brilliant in that movie. I mean, you made, he was really a slime ball in that movie. You're like, wow, I just hate this guy. I literally hate this guy. Yeah. And it's so funny. And he does such a good job. For but sure. yeah, so going through this movie, me being somewhat a little bit more of like, um, you know, into firearms and into self-defense and stuff like that. I just, you just have to roll with it. Like literally just go with it, turn your brain off because he's literally the only time he actually aims commando. The only time he ever actually aims anything that he's shooting is this pistol. That's the only time, but every single thing. Oh, sorry. The other one was a bazooka. Cause obviously I put it on your shoulder and kind of point it, but everything else is literally from his hip. And I, uh, sorry for everybody watching on YouTube. I a little too close. I can't show you, but he literally has it as his hip and he's shooting and spraying what it's called the term. It's a technical term. It's spray and pray. <laughs> you spray all these bullets everywhere and you pray that you hit something because yep. you can't. It's literally impossible. Not, not impossible. You'll hit something if you're just ba 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 But it's not like it's a laser beam that if it just crosses its path, it's going to hit it. No, it's, it's like boom, boom, boom. And so you're not going to be hitting all that much stuff. Trust me. I've tried. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, he kills all those dudes at the end with his hip firing, spraying and praying, right? But he has a few deaths, not a few deaths, a few kills leading up to it. Which is your favorite of all, you know, the Sully, the cook, Henriquez on the plane? I mean, which is your favorite kill? Wow, there are so many of them. I would say the reason why I like Sully, even though that's not, I'm not going to take that one. The reason oh. why I like it is because how he does. He yeah. literally drops him. He's holding with one. Hey, remember, Sully, this is my weak arm. <laughs> and he's like, wow. Sully knows that. It's his weak arm, apparently, because he has to remember that. And he drops him, and then he says, I let him go. Yeah. But I, I would probably say one of the most iconic ones that I remember is it's, it's a combination of one. It's when he comes out of the shed, and he kills the guys with a pitchfork, and then your saw blade, and then the hatchet or machete or an axe and all that sort of stuff. I, I would say that whole scene right there was rather fun because those guys still have guns. But apparently, as soon as he stops having a gun, they stop having guns that work. So he kills them all. Yeah. Good. I, I love that scene as well. My favorite death is Sully because of the humor there. Uh, remember when I told you I'd kill you last? That's right, Matrix. You did. You did. I lied. Absolutely love it. But I also love when he killed Cook, which was Bill Deuce's character in the hotel room. Really good scene. Um, uh, this Green Beret is going to beat your ass, whatever he said. And I eat Green Berets for breakfast. And right now I'm very hungry. I'm and very just, hungry. Oh, I absolutely love it. So, And then just, just speaking of that stuff, there are so many good lines. But my favorite line in the movie is the security guard. And I, I typed it out because he said, <laughs> suspect is six foot two, brown hair, and he's one gigantic mother effer. <laughs> the way he says it is perfect. I remember that line always. You can see, and he, like this actor did a fantastic job because you can literally see the, not necessarily like, yeah, the, like fear, concern, like, like, oh, oh, like excitement, like, oh my God, he is so huge. You yeah. can see it in his face. He did a fantastic job in that. He did. Absolutely love that scene right there. What did you think about Ray Don Chong as uh, Cindy? She did fantastic. I, I believed her. Was was that her name? I didn't even know her actual I don't know that name. they ever said it in the movie, but if you just look on IMDb, Cindy. Sorry, I meant her actual real name. I, I remember it was oh. Cindy because she was on, talking on the phone when you first hear, hi, this is Cindy. And so you heard that. But I didn't know Ray Dong Chong. Ray Dong Chong. Okay. Um, she did great. I mean, the whole time, other than a little bit of kind of um, quirkiness a little bit, but that's just the character. Mm -hmm. uh, but she did great. I really enjoyed her as a part of it. And you also have on top of that, I know you want to, I want you to add to Ray Dong Chong, but um, what's her name um, from Who's the Boss? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Milano. She, she's so forgettable. Uh, other than, yeah, <laughs> Mono. Anyways, so you have those two. They're they're good actors. They, they did a really good job. They're very, very believable. But yeah, what did you think about Ray Dong Chong? Uh, I loved her. And just real quick, Alyssa Milano, it reminded me, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, um, Quill names his ship the Milano because of Alyssa Milano. When he left in the 80s, he was in love with her from Who's the Boss and maybe Commando and stuff. But that's where that, that name will always stick with me, Milano and Alyssa Milano. But Ray Dong Chong was great. She was like a good injection of humor. Matrix with some of his lines and stuff after killing guys some humorous stuff as well but she was great and i really loved her freak out scene in the car when she got and i just saw guys dying uh, uh you know people getting shot and, and it just isn't my day i just I, I was a big fan of hers i loved her in the movie you know yeah no she very very believable really enjoyable to watch um yes yeah, i mean in all they all worked out really well now the the big guy uh, the black guy that he killed on the airplane obviously very very small part um but i do remember cook Cook from Predator. 
you know, they, that's, they team up again in Predator, but it was really fun watching them together again, as well as in Predator. You know, this side, they're against, or this movie, they're against each other, Predator, they're for each other, and they're on the same side. But yeah, really good actor, really fun to watch. He was also in another movie, I think, but I can't remember what it was, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really good having all of them. And then the Bennett guy, I don't remember seeing him in any other movies. What do you think? He was, you mentioned it earlier, Weird Science. He was the head bad biker dude in Weird Science. He sure was. That's right. Yep. And his name is Vernon Wells. Vernon Wells. Yep. Okay. I, I, that's the only other one that I could think of that I would ever remember him being mm-hmm. a part of. But in all, I mean, it was definitely a rather enjoyable time to watch it all over again. And really to experience just nostalgia because this is, like you said, uh, or I said, it's such an 80s movie. It's it's iconic 80s movie. And um, Arnold Schwarzenegger literally at the top of his game or it's like, you know, it's taken off. This is well, well before Twins or uh, was it the when, when did the one he could becomes pregnant or something like that? That's like that so stupid. That was Yeah, just- I can't remember. Arthur, maybe. No. Something like that. But then you have, yeah, uh, Kindergarten Cop was a good one. That was mm-hmm. enjoyable. But yeah, so he has ups and downs in his career. This was a fun one to watch. What was your, did you already say your favorite scene? Yeah, my favorite scene was, oh, did I say my favorite scene? One second. I don't think you said. We talked no. about a few scenes. Oh, but my favorite killing. Oh, no, my favorite scene is killing Scully. Like, that's my favorite death and my favorite scene in general. Just the humor with it, how he toyed with Sully, like and you had mentioned, you know, holding him up, all that stuff. Just loved it. Tipped over his car. Now I have a car and drive away. Yeah, love that scene. And everything that led up to it, the whole chase in the mall and everything, that was fun stuff as well. How likely do you think it would be for him to escape from that airplane? Because that seemed very crazy. Yeah, I don't know the inner workings of an airplane. It makes sense to me. Although, surviving on impact, jumping down, I don't know about that. You'd have to jump right as the plane lift. So you're not falling further than 60 feet or whatever. And he he landed in marshland, which is lucky. Um, so I think getting to the, uh, to the wheels, what's it called? Landing gear. That might landing be gear, easy, yeah. but then surviving that fall. How fast do planes go when they're taking off? Are they going 80, uh, 90 miles an hour? <laughs> 88 miles an hour. Exactly. 88 miles an hour. So just imagine falling 88 miles an hour as you're lifting off and you may be 60, 80 feet above the ground. Eek. I know. I don't, I have no idea how it's going to work with, if it were not water, like he's committed, but you're going to break lots and lots of stuff if you jump off that. But Hey, good thing it was water because it literally is perfect for him. Any higher, like you're right. I mean, you'd literally be like jumping into concrete. You'd yeah. be dead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was rather fun to see. Like he knew if he got on that airplane and he was flying, his daughter would be dead. And he knew that his daughter would eventually be dead. Even if he wouldn't kill the general or the, you know, the president at a presidente, even if we wouldn't kill him, his daughter would still be dead and he would be dead too. So he's like, I only have one option. And I love how movies like this, they push the action forward because he only has 11 hours from the time he exits that plane to do what he has to do. And I love how it just propels him forward. It's not like a week's time where he has some time to rest in a hotel or anything. No, no, no. He's got to save his daughter, jump on the ball, find Sully, get to the hotel, meet with Bill, get on the plane. I mean, everything just bam, bam, bam had to happen in order to save his daughter in time. I don't remember very much... No one say lull, but like a part of the movie, I'm like, okay, let's move on. I don't remember much of that. The only couple times is when it's with the daughter and they're trying to transport her. But if you don't see that, you're not going to know exactly what's going on, yeah. why he's going there. So it works out really, really well. But 
throughout the whole progression of the movie, the story was really fun, you know, from beginning to end and, you know, him smelling the bad guys coming and all things like that. And then taking his truck, pushing it down the hill, ramming it really, really fun. Yeah. But yeah, in all what was, so what kind of got me was their end goal was to get the daughter and have matrix go kill the president. So they were trying to escape with the daughter. They already had the daughter. They had matrix right there. Why would they drive away when they already have the daughter and make like literally just be there and have matrix say, Oh man, you all like, it's like 10 of you, you all have my daughter go from there. I, I, that, that's a one little glitch that I was kind of like among many, but that's one glitch <laughs> that came up in my brain. I was like, huh, you should have stayed there and just said, Hey, we have your daughter. Yeah. That would have made the most sense, right? Not allow him, but it made for a fun scene Bronco down the mountain and all. And thoroughly enjoyed it. And I really like you had said they didn't they didn't waste any time, no dull, dead, boring scenes or anything. And I really like how right away the helicopter leaves, bam, he gets attacked. There's no like hours or days with these two guards walking around trying to patrol or anything, you know, just waiting for the action to happen. They said, screw that, we're gonna get right into it right here. Bam, action started. So the pacing was perfect in this movie. Super fun and exciting the whole way. Could you, and I agree, could you live up in the mountains like that, like permanent, like that's your house, up in the mountains in that house where he was, it's obviously secluded and far away from everything else. Could you do that with your family? It's tough, man. I don't know if I could. I mean, I like going to the mountains for camping for a weekend. Uh, When we went to Yellowstone for a week, I mean, that kind of stuff is fun, but not as a permanent lifestyle. I, I'm definitely a people person, so it, it it would be hard for me to do that. But I do think it would be awesome to be comp- – I like being away from people. At the same time, I like being close to people. I like to be able to go to the movie theaters when they're actually open. But I'm kind of thinking that I would like to try it at least for a little bit. Now, with that, let me give you my number one lesson that I have. My first lesson is if you are a killer, if you are uh, you're from the military, loads and loads of people want to kill you. You should literally never have a gun far away from you or locked up in a shed that you have to run all the way to. You should have guns throughout the house. In fact, I'm not wanted for any, or like I don't have people trying to kill me that I know of that I've, you know, wronged or whatever. I don't, but I still have guns all over the house and they're protected. They're, they're safe and everything, but I still have guns because I know that at any time a bad guy could come and try to take and you know, hurt my family. I want to be able to not have to, Run to my safe or say, you know, bad guy, just wait. Let me run to my safe. Hold on. Let me use the dial knob and let me turn it. Let me turn it again. Just wait. Just hold hold on. Just be patient. Come on, bad guy. Be patient. And then open it up. Then grab the gun. and do. So that's my perspective. And the second one, or, sorry, it's not going to be the second. It's going to be a part two to this first lesson. I have a second lesson after that. Is he absolutely should have taught his daughter how to shoot guns. He absolutely should have. They're in the mountains. They're literally in the mountains. They have you set up targets in the backyard and just start shooting. She should be learning how to shoot. But at the same time, how would you incorporate that in a story? I just know my kids are already learning how to shoot. In fact, we're also going hunting. The kids got a hunting license and we're going to go be hunt- deer hunting here um, in October. But all that to say, you should have your guns close to you and you should teach your kids how to use guns. You're absolutely right. And I especially like how this is a good lesson for Matrix because in the movie or as a, as the character in the movie, he helped 
the revolution succeed. Like, like the guy said, you know, you deposed me. You are the hero of the revolution, right? Well, when you're the hero of a revolution, you've made a lot of enemies on the other side. So you're spot on with that lesson right there. Um, my first lesson is let sleeping dogs lie. So like I mentioned in the beginning, Arnold Schwarzenegger is one dude that you don't want to mess with. He can stop all your plans. Just skip him. Go somewhere else. Hire a mercenary that's just as good as him. They could have literally paid. If Bennett is supposed to be as good as he is, just pay him pay him that 100000 Pay him 200000 to go take care of the pres- El Presidente in that other Valverde country. At least try. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get somebody who could literally want would come back and kill you. Try with Bennett and try to have him go kill him. If it doesn't work, oh, well. Hey, oh, you caught me. Oh, well, bummer. Yeah. I'm still on my compound. But if you, like you said... Wake up a sleeping dog or a bear like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's going to come and attack you. That is so dumb. So that's a great, great lesson. Yep. So my lesson is never give up, especially if you are in trouble and people are going to literally going to kill you or try to hurt you or anything like that. You never, ever give up. And you, you see that in the daughter where at first she's she's broken and she's obviously distraught and everything. But then she eventually, a little too late, but... Um, eventually takes off the handle and starts breaking out of there. Like you never give up. I don't care if it's been years or hours. You ne- you're always trying to figure out a way to s- escape from the bad guys that you're with, no matter what. You're always trying to plot and scheme and figure out a way to get out. So that was a big lesson I took away from. For sure. I love that lesson. Nobody quit in this movie on any side, you know, but the bad guys uh, failed in their mission. But yeah, so absolutely. I got to get- oh. ask you one thing. Okay. The progression of command or matrix fighting um what's the main bad guy's name bennett uh bennett yeah so you have you have matrix and bennett fighting in the boiler room and everything and then you got bennett literally i don't need no gun and he throws like he takes the gun and he throws it at bennett how stupid is that okay we don't need to go there but that's stupid they start fighting with knives and everything and then they fall down into the boiler boiler room like literally lower lower and then all of a sudden is there an Uzi on the ground just out of nowhere or did he have it on him? And then like, where did that Uzi come from? Well, you didn't see it. There was a sign on the wall. It said boiler room, Uzi storage. So you missed that. right uh, there. In case you're fighting matrix, break glass, grab the Uzi. Okay. <laughs> That's right. <Got> it. <laughs> That's what it was well, right there. I so noticed that what, too. I never thought about that before. And then this time I noticed he was on the ground. All of a sudden he gets up and he has an Uzi. Hmm. <laughs> Fun stuff. Yeah. It's not like a pistol where he might have it on him, but he literally threw that pistol. Like <laughs> he know. threw it. And, and what do you think about that death? Grabbing that pipe and throwing it and it sticks to him. He's all, lay off some steam, Bennett. Yep. What do you think I, about that? I death? loved it. I loved the way he died in the end, Bennett did. Yep, good stuff. I was kind of thinking that that was really good, but um, the fake Presidente, the one that he shot with a shotgun, it was really cool. So I'll get to in just a second about how he killed him, which was great. But I thought that death was a little underwhelming. Like just shooting him and he falls out. He didn't have a great death like everybody else, like Bennett with a pipe or Cook with a uh, piece of wood, you know, coming through his chest or Sully and all that sort of like it wasn't as good as a good of a death. So I was a little disappointed there. But what was great was if and you, I've said this many, many times, but in a firefight, if you're not shooting, you're reloading. If you're not reloading, you're moving. If you're not moving, you're dead. And so what happens here as he's fighting the, uh, the president or a fake president, 
Frederick president's on top of the, I guess, banister or whatever it is, like really, really high. He has an elevated position. Position is much more of an advantage over a lower position. But they're kind of hiding back and forth. And what you have Matrix doing, he shoots a couple times and he makes him think that or uh, the bad guy think that he's staying there. But he shoots while the guy hides. He literally jumps out and rolls and gets in the middle of the area, which isn't the best unless you could actually hit him. The bad guy still thinks he's over there behind that corner. Now he pops out to shoot him and then boom, he gets able to get shot. So that's a you know long story short to say that it was rather entertaining to see that. But if you do that and you miss and you're in the open, you can get killed. So all that to say, it, it was fun. But at the same time, I, was, I kind of wish he would have been, had a little more creative death. Yeah, I got you. Uh, right at the very end, he's falling out of the building, and right before he hits the grass, they cut back to Matrix. That would have been great if they could have had a stuntman do something to where he fall, he fell and hit the ground, his body like bent in half or something. I mean, they could have made a, a cool ending, like an ending ending to him right there. That would have been awesome. Or like he literally fell straight down and like his head went into a pike and he was stuck <laughs> upside down. That's right. Like, that. like a corn dog upside down. Yeah. <laughs> or or the other way, like through his butt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that too. That too. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Awesome. Something creative. That yep. would have been fun. Yep. Uh, so let me see here. You gave us our your second lesson. I didn't come up with a second lesson. I was just so enthralled, having so much fun with the movie. I only had one lesson today. And at the very beginning, I said, my grade is an A+. What's your grade for Commando? Absolutely A+. Like, Sweet. You can't have an A+. Plus, or so you can't have this movie without giving an A+, plus, especially all the nostalgia. We, I know I watch it, but you and I watch it together. But I know I've also literally watched it myself over and over yeah. and over. I think the VHS was eventually worn out because we watched it so many times. For sure. For sure. Uh, now, oh. what is your prop? Because there's so many phenomenal guns and all that sort of stuff. And like even the vest. Now, oh, pausing that thought. Remember, I, I, I can't remember which episode it was, but I brought out my my vest. And my vest literally has a plate in the front. Like it's a plate carrier. It's in the front. It protects you from bullets. So his vest was literally just a vest to carry things, literally nothing to protect him because it's a zipper in the front. That zipper is not going to stop any bullets. So long story short, there was an entertaining little vest that he had. Um, I definitely won't pick that because I like my vest. It literally has a plate in there to stop bullets. But what is your prop? I'm going to pick a prop that I've never seen that that I can recall in any other movie. And that was the quad rocket launcher that was used in it. Uh, just that has to be my choice. You have to pick that because like you said, we don't see it in any other movie. You've never literally never ever seen it before, but it's so iconic because what's her name? Uh, you know, Cindy, Cindy picks up or fires it backwards, which was rather fun. Like that's really, really cool. That was a good add into the story showing it flying backwards. And then she blows up the police truck and gets out matrix. And then uh, matrix uses it twice once with the Jeep running at him and or rolling at him and also the, the drawbridge or, you know, the, the gate there. So that is a big part of the movie, in my opinion. So absolutely the quad, quad bazooka, quad rocket launcher. Cool bean. So let's see here. Um, oh, one last thing I want to say. Uh, garbage trucks are probably pretty slow getaway vehicles, right? That's a weird way to kill that one dude in the beginning. <laughs> it absolutely is. Now, I know it's early in the morning. And he runs out there like, oh, oh here's another lesson. I had I, I forgot to write it down, but now as you brought it up, never own a bathrobe. You look like a dork wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> you do. I, I, so at some restaurants, um, hotels, 
they'll give you bathrobes. I literally can't stand where I put them on. I'm like, well, okay, let's see what this is all about. If there's any, I put it on like, oh, I just feel bad. Like it's just draping right on your shoulders. It's so huge. It's so long. Ugh, I don't like it. Anyways, so that's another lesson for everybody. Never wear or buy a bathrobe unless you're a woman. Totally different story for guys. Absolutely not. Yeah, for sure. I don't. I don't do bathrobes. I've never liked them myself. Uh, let's see. Any last words about Commando Dust? I love this movie. I think it's fantastic. And you get these '80s movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, like obviously John Claude Van Damme. You have these other ones that we grew up with. It's so much fun. But I am super, super excited. I can't wait to watch our next movie. Sky, what's our next movie? The Running Man. We kind of hinted about it last episode, but yeah, we're going to watch this one again. And I remember you and I just absolutely love this. Like Commando, Running Man, Predator. Maybe those are our top three action movies from Die Hard 2 we talked about before. But you know, I mean, this is just one of those movies that we absolutely love. And I'm looking forward to, to trying to learn some lessons from it. And you're right. And Die Hard is definitely the number one Christmas movie ever. <laughs> yep. So that's that that's number one there. But the, all these other movies that we're I'm just I'm so excited that we are going through all these old movies because we used to or we with the show, we would do a lot of new movies. But you know, you get some crappy ones and we don't really know which ones are good. I really enjoy talking about movies that I enjoy talking about or I enjoy watching. So I'm glad we're going through all these old movies. So also everybody listening and watching to this, put in the comments. I would like to see what movies you would like us to cover. And we want to definitely cover those because they're so much fun. And in the YouTube videos, what I'm going to actually be doing is I edit these videos myself. What I might do is I might put a couple clips in there of the movie so you can see the movie while we're talking about it. I don't know if it's going to be, if we're going to work out as well as I thought. It's, I haven't even tried yet. It's kind of like going on in my brain. But it'd be fun to have those scenes going on in the background. But we'll see. Cool beans. Sounds good, Dust. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we want to hear your thoughts. Leave a comment. Give us your life lessons, your money morning quarterback, your prop. If you found something better in the movie that you would want to take home, just go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash commando, and that'll take you right to the show notes page. You can reread our reread our lessons there and leave a comment at the bottom. All righty. Once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with... The Running Man! <laughs>